Hey, Yetta, the grandkids are getting older. Should we start giving money for RESPs? After this episode, you might shift your perspective, even if you're thinking yes right now. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track, where we share techniques, thoughts, tips, and tools that we all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we get to turn our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. In this segment, we're going to consider is what's the best way to save for our kids or our grandkids for their post-secondary education? Is it, in fact, RESPs or is there a different solution? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there is a, a tendency now that people are coming out of formal education with a lot of debt and aren't necessarily finding great jobs in their field. Mm-hmm. And that debt can really slow you down over, you know, the first years when you're when you're trying to get your, your job income up, you're looking at maybe buying your first home, you maybe you're starting a family or a relationship, and you have the weight of this debt. Right. So we're talking about how to get ahead of that so right. you don't have the debt with potentially RESPs, but I think mm-hmm. you have another idea, even though we did it, we'll confess right now, we did it the way we wouldn't actually propose to do it. So this is one of those times where we did the best we knew how to do when we did it. Yeah. And in hindsight, we would do differently if we knew then what we know yeah. now and it was with good. our kids. It was good at the time, and maybe it was even the best at the time, because if you don't have the equity to be able to buy a rental property, because that's what we're going to discuss is the difference between an RESP and buying a rental property for your kid's university yeah. education. Um, sometimes you're just not in a position to do that. And so let's explain about the RESP at first, because you might be saying, what the heck is an RESP? I've heard of RRSPs, which is a registered retirement savings plan. Well, an RESP is a registered education savings plan, and it has some advantages and it has some caveats that Li- make it a little bit- Can we call it limitations? Limitations, sure. Mm. Um, so first of all, you can put in up to 50000 per child into an RESP. Which today wouldn't be enough for an education anyway. No, but the idea is you start young, let yeah. time do the heavy lifting, and you will build up income on it, right? Yeah. So the beauty with an RESP is it is a tax deferral system. In other words, if you put money into the RESP, your, your overall income goes down, which means you're paying less taxes. Okay. Secondly, the government has a program where they're going to add, if you put in 2,500, they're going to add 500. So they're going to add 20% on your first 2,500. After that, there's no incentive, but you can put in more. If you want, you get more tax deferral and you get that money to grow in whatever investment. You can invest in anything you can put an RSP into. 
Right. And let's just talk about tax deferral for a minute, because I know when we were in our 20s and even our early 30s, we didn't necessarily understand the implication as it's associated with tax deferral, because people would use the word tax savings. It's a tax savings. It's a tax savings. And sure, it's a tax savings today, Mm -hmm. but it's really deferring the tax and the money does grow without um, taxes on the increase while it's growing. Yes, because it's in that uh, it's under that umbrella of a registered system. So the income grows tax exempt until you remove the money. Like an RSP, when you remove all the money, you pay the tax. Now the advantage of an RESP is the person going to school gets to remove it out of the system and pay the tax on it at their tax rate. And because they're in school and working part-time, maybe their tax rate is going to be very minimal. And thus you're, you're basically moving from a higher tax bracket to none or low tax bracket. Right. So in the case of an RESP different than RRSP, because an RRSP, the retired savings plan it is actually a registered retirement savings plan. Mm-hmm. It is taken out by the same person that put it in. Right. So therefore, unless your income has gone down dramatically, you may be at the same tax rate mm-hmm. as you were when you put, it, put in, it in versus the RESP. The probability is the person that's taking it out is at a no or very low tax rate, exactly. different than the person that put it in. Exactly. This is a cool thing to, to focus on and to be aware yeah. of. Now, the, the other caveat is you can pool. So if you have two, three children, you pool, you open the RESP and that money kind of pools for the two or three of them, which is nice because I've heard of cases where somebody has one child, they put the money in, that child decides not to go to furthering education after secondary school. And now the parent needs to pull that money out. And when they pull it out, the government will claw back the bonus money, that $500 on the first $2,500 per year. They'll claw that back, um, and then you'll add all that money onto your taxable rate. So that might put you into an even higher tax bracket, which is going to cause more pain. Right. And I just want to highlight what Ken said is $2,500 per year with a maximum of $500 from the government to the account per year. Earlier we per, didn't- Per year and per person. Right, per year, per person, because I think that's an important piece to sort of be aware well, of. Per it's not child, just, not per person, but per child. Yeah, yep. so it's not just $500 said and done. It If it's for 10 years that you're doing it, it's $5,000 mm-hmm. per child if you're doing it for- 20 years, which yep. you could almost get that in if you started it when they were infants. Mm-hmm. That is 10, what I say? 10,000. $10,000. And, and that you get to keep the gifted. growth on it, though. Right. And you, right. You get to keep the growth either way. You just mm-hmm. have, would have to give back that portion. Right. And now with our kids, I know Ryan went and we used some of it for him. Candace didn't go into post secondary school. And so I pulled the money out. She thought she should get the money. And maybe you want to gift it to your kids in hindsight for a down payment on a house or something. That's that's totally up to you. Personally, I bought a sports car, right, when we took the money out. <laughs> and 
She got the pleasure of writing it, whatever. And when she did do her further education to become a realtor and to do what was required there, she didn't mm -hmm. pay for it. We did. Right. So the reality is there is post-secondary education. It just wasn't the formal and it wasn't right after mm -hmm. high school, mm -hmm. right? So right. that's the interesting piece. What types of education, that's something we want to think about, what types of education is considered post-secondary that is actually qualifies with your RESP yeah. money? Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's it's important that I think if you if you want to be connected in our community and learn about things like this and and just be a little bit more knowledgeable or open up questions, then connect with us at together at deckerteam.com. That would be mm -hmm. awesome. And we're going to talk also uh, in, in the next segment about how housing, buying a rental mm -hmm. property may actually be a better choice for you to fund uh, your children's education, education, right? Because you can draw, I mean, we'll give a, we'll be a spoiler alert. Yeah. You can draw equity even if you don't sell the property. So you don't have to think about it has to be gone, right? Yeah, exactly. So what are your plans for your children's and your grandchildren's to help them move to have a great start? And we're delighted that we can help position you to build wealth wisely because it's it's about way more than just money. Yet I think our kids maybe should become landlords. What do you think? Why? Well, because then they can build wealth while they sleep. So we're excited that we've created for you free access to over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips, making house home, how to make the most of your money and do the best you can with it. And the great news is you can get access to it from home, from the office or on the go. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, the Decker Team YouTube channel, you'll want to so that you can get access whenever you want, easily. And so we're going to explore this time. How can we use the equity that we already have, the money that's ours, that's just hanging around, not doing any good? How can we use that to set up the next generation for their education or to get a head start? Hmm. This is really an important topic because, you know, they're starting to say that the coming generation is going to be a generation of renters. Yeah. And so... There's even talk of creating a new monopoly board that nobody buys property. You just go around and you keep paying rent. <laughs> How would that be? Yeah, it's interesting. And the challenge becomes if you're paying rent, unless you're living with lots of other people in that rental property, you're probably spending as much money on rent as you are on owning the home. Mm. Because as we've said in so many other segments and episodes of Life's Inside Track, is you're in essence paying for a mortgage. It's just whose mortgage mm -hmm. when you're renting. Yep. Because people aren't going, the rents go up as the prices go up mm -hmm. or as the um, value of the real estate change and the cost of owning property changes, so does mm -hmm. the rental rates. Mm -hmm. Maybe not exactly at the same right. rate, but pretty close. Right. So we're going to compare our son and our and our daughter in love. And it's well, we're not comparing them as humans. No, we're no. just comparing their strategy around saving for university. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ryan, of course, we had a little bit for RESPs, which covered books and different things like that. Amber uh, saved up $10,000. And 
she came out of university. Now she stayed a little longer because she did teachers college as well. Um, and came out with about $60,000 in debt. Right. Ryan, on the other hand, worked in the summer. We covered uh, tuition and books, I think. And for a house, we assisted by signing a, a mortgage on a rental property, which he then rented to students, and he was a student in it himself, and made all kinds of income from that, paying yeah, the mortgage. He basically lived there for free with mm -hmm. the others living there. Now, he did sleep in the furnace room. He was a single guy. He didn't mind, and it was a big space, so he just made it look somewhat cozy, but that's where his bedroom mm -hmm. was set up, so he could rent out the apartment in the lower level as well as the bedrooms upstairs. So mm -hmm. he had basically a duplex that allowed really very good income right. when he was going to college. Yeah. And, and so after college graduation, he came out of that actually with zero debt, zero education debt, and $100,000 in equity. Right. And so that's possible as long as there's somewhere to – he worked in the summers to get his own down payment mm -hmm. or most of it. So he had a down payment, and that allowed him to set himself up to pay for even part of the education from right. that. So he didn't actually work a whole lot mm -hmm. when he was in college. He let the house do the work. Yeah, absolutely. So we'd like to invite you to be part of our community. And how do you do that? You just send an email to together at deckerteam.com and just in the subject, say community. Community. Right? That's all you got to say. And we'll reach back out to you and invite you into our community where you get all kinds of great perks. And we get to know you a little bit better. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so as we're thinking about this, what is something everybody that's listening ought to know around how do you handle the whole education thing and how do you set up others to win with your own mm -hmm. equity? Well, many of our clients are looking at, okay, they've been in their home for 10 years or so. They've got a chunk of equity in it. They can remove that, take that as a down payment to buy a rental property. And some of them are buying one rental property per child, knowing that, you know, if they buy it when they're five and then, you know, 13 years later, they're going to need the money. There's going to be a lot of equity in that rental property from mortgage pay down and equity growth typically. And then they're going to go, okay. Now I can do two things, one of two things. I can sell the property, take a chunk of money, pay the education, but I'll have to pay some capital gains tax on that income. Or what a lot of people do is they refinance it back up to 80%. They take that money, pay for the education, and while their child's going to school, the property continues to grow in value and the mortgage starts to get paid down again. So who's paying for your child's education? Your tenant. Well, your tenant and property value escalation. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful plan. It really is a beautiful plan. And then the beautiful thing is when it comes time for them to move past secondary education, there's actually more money sitting there, either for a down payment into something else, or maybe that's the home they want to move to. Right. And we're seeing this, uh, you know, this generational wealth, the people pooling the resources to build generational wealth. We saw it when uh, different cultures came to Canada after the war. They would uh, they would 
families would go together. There'd be several families in a house and they would go together until that house got paid down enough that they could go buy another one and then parts of the family would move out. And they did what it took to get their start in the real estate industry because they knew that real estate is a wealth tool. Now, we're seeing this again. Prices are higher, interest rates are a little bit higher. We're seeing multi-generational families coming together, buying properties, buying um, duplexes, triplexes, something where they can still have their separation, but they're living right next door to each other, and they have a tenant that's paying part of the mortgage, and they're building wealth that way. Which is fantastic. And I know we did that. And another option is, which is what we did with Candace and Sasha, we bought an investment property and we shared the um, expenses and we shared the income and then the benefiting result when it came time to sell it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's lots of different ways of doing this together. You don't have to have all the access to the money or all the access to the information all on your own. Yeah, or all the all the access to the creditworthiness because sometimes together you can move ahead faster. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been really, really cool. So the, the big thing is start as early as possible. Let time do the heavy lifting. Yeah, right? don't get – yeah, like if you're thinking, but my kids are already 16 or they're 17 – so maybe this isn't the best strategy, or maybe it is. Maybe it's still time to pull some equity because then you can use it for their future as they're done post-secondary or yeah. Yeah, past post-secondary. And, and also there's multiple people that are buying that rental property that's in the school district where they're going to post-secondary. They stay in it. They learn how to be a landlord, how to manage other mm. people living in the other rooms. And then you haven't wasted the money of paying for residents for four years. Mm -hmm. So you have a quote. Yeah. Warren Buffett says, someone is sitting underneath a tree in the shade because mm -hmm. someone else planted it a long time ago. So together we're clarifying your options because your wisdom will flow. Yet, when is it too late to invest in real estate? Well, truth is, it's pretty much never too late to invest in real estate. So we're excited that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying, and investing real estate over 3,117 times, coming alongside you to build your faith, build your fund, build your finances, and even strengthen, heal, and flourish inside relationship. Really, 30 years of building your life, your wealth, and your home. We're going to discover in this segment that even if it's a little late in the game for you, if you invest right, you can retire comfortably. Even if you don't have a lot of income, it can be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the secret is like sometimes people work their entire life, build a little nest egg or pay off a house. And yet their income, you know, they don't have good pensions or whatever. Their income coming in is not sufficient to cover the lifestyle. So then they have to draw too much from their investments and they're going to live too long. 
they're going to enjoy living longer. But what we're talking about is now that we are living they'll, longer, they'll many outlive people their money. outlive their money, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then they're looking at things like reverse mortgages, which right. means you you take a house that's paid off, and then every month you borrow money to have to supplement your income, and that money starts to be the mortgage goes in the opposite direction; it starts climbing. So each time you get a payment, really it's a little bit less because part of the payment is paying the interest on the last payments. Right. And so that is something more and more people are considering, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than selling the home and having to move to a different residence or moving to a retirement um senior living or just a different, less expensive option, because sometimes people are liquidating altogether, pulling all their money out. The other Mm -hmm. option is this reverse mortgage. And it's becoming more and more popular. And there are times that it's the best option. The trick is you don't know if you're going to have enough to do the job as you reverse your mortgage, because you don't know how many years you will require the income. Yeah, and I think what's happening is as there's increased inflation, decreased wealth in the stock market, like it's not performing super well, that Canadians are starting to get concerned about will there be enough money? Will I be able to retire? Will I be able to retire comfortably? As a matter of fact, 55% of Canadians when polled Mm -hmm. said, they were concerned that they wouldn't have enough money to retire. That's a scary thought. Well, 45% said they did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's optimistic. I guess we can play this both sides of the fence. So what's a solution? We're saying even if you don't earn a ton of money as you're working, if you can buy one or two or three or four properties early on, over a 20-year period of time, or even 15 years, depending on how you set up your mortgage, your mortgage will be paid off and there'll be loads of money. And the income that you're getting every month Mm -hmm. once it's paid off is significant. Yeah. And for most people, like we're talking a longer-term plan then, starting when you're in your younger, in your 30s and 40s, to start that kind of plan. You know, because most people think, oh, two, three, four rental properties. What are you talking about? I can't even get that into my brain. I can't fathom owning four properties beside the one I'm living in, right? right? But what happens is you start with one. Yes. Start with one and then let the market do the growth because most people either borrow the equity or they save money to do that first rental property. And then five Seven years later, there's enough equity in that rental property to buy another one without any cash out of your pocket. The tenants are paying the mortgage. So it it becomes ideal. That's how you start getting three, four. But if you're later on, you may not have time to buy three or four. But even just one, even just one, once you get that mortgage paid off, like you said, that's straight cash flow that can supplement your income. Like you've got the old age pension. You've got a Canada pension plan. If you paid into it, you get some money there. But it's really not enough to live on. Unless you have an amazing pension. And maybe you say, my pension's sufficient. I don't have to think about rental properties. Well, that's fantastic. That's true for some people. Mm -hmm. For many, that's not the case. 
Right. And so how do you, how do we set ourselves up not to be, because I think this is what a lot of my peers are saying, I don't want to be a burden to my family. I don't want to be a burden on someone else. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to take care of my own financial needs. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, right. And a thought we had, and we've seen, we're seeing more and more people doing it. Maybe that property that you bought for your kids to go to school that you still have now, that becomes income for you. Yeah. Cause once that mortgage is paid off, the rent, let's say it's $2,500, $3,000, like rents are going to continue to go up, right? So they're going to be higher when you retire. But if you're getting that rent, then you got to pay your taxes and whatever. But most of the expenses are paid by the tenant. Basically, you got to cover taxes and insurance. So let's say it's $2,000 a month net, net profit, right? So that means you've got an additional $2,000 on top of whatever other income you had. Mm-hmm. Now you've got enough money to live comfortably in your retirement years. And then we're finding like retirement centers are getting more and more expensive, like Mm. a basic, basic, without needing much support, a basic one in in Manatic uh, is about $4,600 a year. No, no. Forty six hundred a year. I'm uh, sorry, forty six thousand a year. Excuse yeah, and me. I'm hearing way bigger numbers than that too. So yeah, it I depends think on what assistance you yeah. need. That's for a couple. Yeah. Um, but if you have a rental property and you have your own property which you can rent out, now suddenly you're self sufficient just on those two rental incomes. Yeah. Never mind your other incomes. Right. So if you're saying this all sounds like too much to dissect, then you're going to want to pick up the phone and just let's have a clarity conversation. Look at what are the options for you because the options for you may not be the same options for someone else. So we're giving some general uh, information and it's amazing to be able to dissect it for one individual couple. Or if you just want to plug into the community and when you're ready to get the information, you can then easily access it. Just email us together at decorteam.com and we will help navigate the next steps with you. Mm-hmm. You're not in this alone is yeah. really the point. Yeah. Many times people will come to us and go, oh, my parents are going to go into the seniors home. I need to sell the family home. Will you sell it for me? We will. Because that's how we make our money. But the other option is maybe it's better to rent it. That will cover your, you know, added income will cover what's needed to support your parents. And then later on, it's still a family asset. It's generational wealth. Right. Which is so cool. There's Mm -hmm. so many different ways of doing this thing. So not necessarily do you want to eliminate the asset. You may want to keep the asset. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question I'm asking is what seed money, you know, what seed money can you find to start building your family's financial future? Whether that's in your house, in your life insurance, in your RSPs, wherever it is. Under the mattress? Under the mattress. Maybe it's in there. What can you find to start your financial future? And we're grateful that you joined us on Life's Inside Track. Because when we move forward together, we've got this. Moving forward with the Decker team.